We just magnify you, Lord, for you are merciful, loving, and kind. Lord, I just thank you for this, another opportunity to be your voice crying in the wilderness, Lord. Lord, as you have gone before us and prepared the way, Lord, making every crooked way straight and every pathway clear, and I just thank you, Lord God, for uh, choosing me, Lord God, uh, to be your voice for this hour, Lord God, talking about your power, Lord walking in power, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. For all that we do, it is not by our power nor by our might, but it is all by the Spirit of the Lord. So, Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would just have your way, that you will give me what to say. Uh, You know who's listening. You know what we need to hear. And I just pray that you would just have your way, Holy Spirit. I release control to you, Holy Spirit, and that you would just have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. I give you glory, I give you honor, and oh, how I give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty and blessed name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, First, we want to uh, look at um, Revelation 4, and the reason I want to look at that first is because You know, when God gives you something to do, everything connects, everything hinges on what it is God would have us to do. And and, uh, Revelation 4, 1 is the scripture that uh, this um, ministry, um, Higher Design for Living, is is, um, um, that's our focus scripture uh, that the Lord has given me for this ministry but also because we are talking about walking in power, and again, walking in power, whose power, what power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, when we look at these scriptures, we see how they all connect. And again, it's Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. And in order to walk in power, then we have to first and foremost do this. And and it reads, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And verse 2, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Now, that's the King James Version. I'm going to read the New Living Translation Version, and it reads, Then as I looked, I saw a door open, standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on the throne. And I'm going to stop right there. Um, I just want to to build on the scriptures as the Holy Spirit uh, leads. So now we want to look and we want to go to Acts 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and it reads, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, he, ye that have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, and this is verse 5, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost 
not many days hence. And that is Jesus talking to the disciples. He's given them uh, instructions after his ascension what they are to do as he goes back with the Father. He ascends with the Father. And um, he's giving them instructions. And again, it reads, and and I'm going to read the New Living Translation. Once when he was sitting, eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we know that uh, throughout the um, Gospels and mainly in John uh, 14, 15, he promised them the Holy Spirit, that they that he would send the Holy Spirit, and that's why he had to leave. That's why he knew that he was going to die and he was going to go to heaven, but in order for the Holy Spirit to come, then he had to die and go to heaven, and then the Holy Spirit would come. And... Jesus, of course, if he had stayed on the earth, would have lived whatever his lifetime would have been, but he would have been very limited because he was in a human, uh, a human in a human form. And so it was only so much that he could do, but, of course, by sending his precious Holy Spirit, then he would be able to, and, of course, even today, he still lives because he lives in all of us who are saved and his work is still continuing because we are continuing to do what Jesus did when he walked the earth. Amen. So that's um, Acts 1, verse um, 4 and 5. Mm, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we also want to look at Acts 10, uh, 10, verse 38. Now, I'm going to just read these, and then I'm going to go back, and then we're going to really dig into them and, uh, again, receive whatever revelation the Holy Spirit uh, reveals to us, uh, gives us tonight. Um, Acts 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost power, with Holy the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And uh, Living Translation, it reads, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And this is Peter um, uh, talking uh, to the people and letting them know uh, what had transpired because, again, they were the witnesses, the people who actually witnessed much of what Jesus did. Amen, amen, amen. So our next scripture is Luke ten nineteen, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. And it reads, Behold, I give unto you power, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The New Living Translation reads, Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And this is 
verse 18, I'm sorry. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. And this is, of course, after the uh, 72 disciples that Jesus had sent out returned. And they were just excited that, you know, that they were able to, um, that the devils were subject to them. And Jesus was saying to them not to be so excited about that, but by their name being written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Um, and they said, you know, he, the disciples, the 72 disciples said, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. And so even though he told them not to be so excited about that because that really wasn't the crux of it, not as far as they were concerned. Um, But I want to point out, because we're talking about walking in the power and the power of the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to go back to Acts 1. So I've read, and I will look at some more scripture, but I want to go back to um, Acts 1 again and... um, we're going to chew on that for a little bit. God, is he, he's just so good. You know, he he prepares and, you know, he lays everything out. He doesn't miss anything. And we know that the reason that Jesus told the disciples to go um, and stay in Jerusalem until he sent the Holy Spirit because he said that they would have to be endued with power from on high power to be able to be the witnesses that he had called them to be because he knew that they could not do it in their own strength in and of themselves. And excuse me, and that's the same thing with us today. We are not able to do anything that is for Christ, um, that is eternal within our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit, and that's why the Holy Spirit was promised to the disciples when Jesus was living, he promised them. And as we read in the scripture, he's promising the Holy Spirit to us today. Those who believe, he said, you would receive the Holy Spirit, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, the anointing, the power, the enabling power, the grace of God will flow out of your belly. And, of course, we know that's not literally, but he's saying that that power will be so within us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that that power, it will just be flowing in the Spirit. It's not something that we can see in the natural, but it's something we see the evidence of. We we, can, we see the evidence of it when the Holy Spirit is giving us something to say to someone that, that may be discouraged, that may be, um, may be weighted down, or somebody that is waiting for an answer for something or needs some instructions about something, and, and the Holy Spirit will give us what it is they need to hear at that specific time. And, and we may not even think anything of it, but we'll go ahead and say whatever it is that has come to mind, and, and the person may get emotional or cry or or get excited, get happy, you know, and then it may not even hit them until later on, and then it'll hit them because you said what it is the Holy Spirit gave you to say that that person needed to hear. And again, us being, and that's one of the examples of out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. That's life. 
living water is life. And so as we speak, we're speaking life. We speak life into other people's lives. And so this is this is what uh, Jesus is telling them in in the in the uh, book of uh, book of Acts here, and and he's telling them, you know, just to stay right where they were, and and they, you know, most of us know the story, um, and if not, then you definitely want to read the book of Acts, and it and it tells you all about that in the time of Pentecost and and how the Holy Spirit came upon them and the evidence of speaking in tongues and the the tongues of light, light fire it was an actual fire, but it was light fire. It was like their tongues were set ablaze, and 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 I believe that's something that we need even today. Well, I know it's something we need, and they needed it back then. And Jesus told the disciples that they needed it back then. Then if they needed it back then, then we need it today. If we're going to be the witnesses of God to, to in the earth today then we need that same fire. We need that same fire. So even now, I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you will set us ablaze, ablaze for for passion for you first and foremost, and a passion for your people, for the lost souls, that we too will be set ablaze like they were on the day of Pentecost, on the day that the Holy Spirit came upon them and their tongues were there was like it was like tongues of fire where they were 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 overtaken and, and empowered by the Holy Spirit and that fear and that that because you know they were in hiding for a long time. Lord, so I pray right now, those of us that are in hiding now, that don't have the boldness to step out and declare uh, 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 the works of Jesus, that you will set us ablaze like you did in the day of Pentecost, that we too will do as the disciples did back then and go into, he said, all the world, all into Judea and Samaria and all the parts of the world proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. So set us ablaze even now, even now, set us ablaze that we we won't be able to hold still. We won't be able to keep our mouths shut, but that we will speak like like with Peter. I pray for holy boldness for us, your people, that we will speak the word and that souls will be added to your church, to the kingdom daily. I'm not talking about local churches necessarily because you know where you have purpose for each person to be. But I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that that we will be set ablaze with a passion and a desire for the lost and with holy boldness that as we go out you will set us ablaze so much that we can't be quiet and that souls will come into the kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 And that is definitely my prayer, has been my prayer uh, for myself, that the Lord would just set me ablaze, that I too will go out like Peter did. And, and, And I pray for holy boldness to be able to say that so that people will come into the kingdom. You know, where we become so church minded, you know, where we want to be at a certain location and not that we shouldn't be at a certain location. But God's plan is much bigger than that. Jesus talked about the kingdom. That's why he kept moving. He didn't he wasn't situated in one place and the disciples when they uh, uh, were released by after the Holy Spirit came upon them. They didn't stay in one place. 
They were always going on a mission, going somewhere, because they were going out spreading the gospel. You know, we we become so comfortable where we want to just stay in our little churches and and always want people to come into the church building. And we have these um, uh, uh, different events and stuff. Well, bring your friends, bring this one, bring that one. And instead of us going out, he said, go ye into all nations. That is the great commission. And he wasn't just talking about those that we label today as evangelists. Being an evangelist is so much more than somebody just going out and and giving out tracts and going out and trying to um, convince somebody to come into the church building. If you if you look again in the books of book of Acts and and Philip was a very good example and even Paul himself, all of them were evangelizing. All of them went, you know, even though they uh, were referred to as apostles, they all. Uh, did the work of an evangelist, and a, an evangelist is one who does pretty much what an apostle does, except he doesn't necessarily plant the church in the sense or uh, is the overseer of the church per se, but he trains people, he he uh, uh, ministers to people, he preaches the word, uh, he teaches the word, uh, uh, he lay hands on the sick, he casts out demons, casts out devils, he does all of that, all of that. And so, you know, we don't want to limit being an evangelist as somebody who just goes around from church to church and preaches. But there's so much more to being an evangelist. And we have got to get back to basics where in looking at the book of Acts and building on that foundation, um, many many of our churches today are not even where the, they were in the book of Acts, and that was just the beginning. Many of our churches are, haven't even, that even at the beginning of what they were in the book of Acts because the fivefold gifts are not the gifts, you know, the apostle and the prophet and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher. That should be at every place. God has has, has called it, well, the Holy Spirit has gifted and Jesus has decided who's going to be doing what, but we don't see the gifts flowing in the churches today, and they're not gone anywhere because we have not been, you know, we're still here on the earth. And so as long as we're still here on the earth, then the gifts are necessary. And that's why we're talking about walking in power tonight because the gifts are necessary, and we don't want to be just gifted where we can sound good and look good and all of that, but we want to have some power behind that preach word. I want to have power behind this taught word. I want to have power. In other words, that there will be manifestation behind whatever the Lord would lead me to do. So after I teach, my prayer is that there will be a manifestation of power. He said after the word goes forth, that there will be signs, wonders, and miracles. So I'm believing and declaring and decreeing that after I say whatever it is the Lord has given me to say, that there will be signs, wonders, and miracles, that somebody will get saved, that somebody will get delivered, that somebody will be encouraged, that somebody will get healed, somebody will get strengthened, somebody uh, 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 will receive some of the gifts, uh, uh, that, that the spiritual gifts, that there will be signs, wonders, and miracles that the power of the Holy Ghost, I pray right now, is flowing, 
because, again, it's not by what I want to say. I have no power in and of myself to to, to do anything uh, for anybody. Uh, I can barely do for myself. So I need the Holy Spirit. We all need the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that's the other thing. Many of us think that uh, having the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit or um, the gifts of the Spirit, that is an option. It's not an option. We cannot be effective. We cannot be the witnesses that God has called us to be. We cannot do the works that God has called us to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. And and so even though we know that once we accept Christ that that we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, but then we have to surrender or or yield and to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us and grow us and then to lead and guide us because he's the one he's called the the paracletus the the one who enables us to do whatever it is God has purposed for us to do because we know that each of us has a purpose. We're living today, and all the more we're saved to living today, we're saved today, then God has a specific purpose for each one of us. And we need to find out what that specific purpose is and pray and allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to be able to do whatever it is God has called us to do. Because, again, uh, uh, me doing what I'm doing with the teaching here, it, again, it's I can say some things, but if it doesn't have, if the Holy Ghost doesn't breathe on it, if I'm not led uh, by the unction of, by the leading, by the direction and the power of the Holy Spirit, then I'm just saying some words. And it may sound good and it may not sound good, but I don't want to just sound good. Yeah, I want to to sound in a way that people are not bored or whatever, but at the same time, more than that, I want I want the anointed to be on what I am saying because it's the anointing that destroys the guilt. It's the anointing that makes the difference. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, not my power. I don't have any in and of myself, but the Holy Spirit, as I yield, as I surrender, as I prepare my heart and my mind, and let the Holy Spirit speak through me, then their lives can be changed. Then then, then whatever it is God would have me to say, what he said when he sends forth his word, in other words, when I speak whatever the Lord gives me to say, that that word, whatever I speak, it will not return back to him void. In other words, whatever the Lord gives me to say and I say it, then somebody's going to hear it and somebody's life is going to get changed. I may not know who that person is. I may not ever know, you know, I, but the bottom line is God will know. And the bottom line is I am doing what God has said for me to do, and I'm not trying to do it in and of myself. I am doing it only through the power, through the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit. Because, again, it's only the Holy Spirit, it's only the anointing that is on my life because I have been anointed to do this. I have been anointed to teach. So it's not something that I'm doing in and of myself, but I have been empowered to do this. So what the Lord has me saying even now is changing somebody's heart, is turning somebody around, is causing somebody to repent, uh, uh, excuse me, is causing somebody to receive a revelation, is causing somebody 
to to be encouraged and empowered and, and the anointing that's flowing that's enabling somebody else to be able to go ahead and do what God has said for them to do. And so, again, it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to do the works that God has called us to do because, again, that's the instruction that he gave the disciples. And this Bible is for us, his disciples today. It has not changed. It's still the same. And so as we have to do just as the disciples did, they came together, they followed the instructions, they were obedient, and they stayed in Jerusalem, and they prayed, and they they were on one accord in prayer and supplication, and it says with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of disciples and said, excuse me, and he numbered them, and the scriptures, you know, the scriptures that must needs be filled, which Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was to guide them that took Jesus. And and so I'm reading here, I'm reading in Acts, um, first chapter, verses 14 through 15. So again, you know, they, they were all on one accord. So again, we may not physically be together, but we still have to be on one accord in our mindset, in our thinking, in our um, determination, in our desires, and again, in in one accord. If we're on one accord with the Lord and according to his word, then we're going to be on one accord with millions and billions of people around the world. So though there are not millions and billions of people in this room where I am right now, there's somebody that 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 is on one accord, just like I'm on one accord with what the Lord is saying. There's somebody else that's on one accord. So we're we're even now, we're touching and agreeing right now uh, according to the will of God, according to the word of God, that the God's glory may be manifested in the earth. And again, walking in power, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the way that we do that, of course, of first is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we're not going to um, teach on that tonight, but we will do a teaching on uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit because, again, and and really, you know, we can do a teaching on it, but but we are to desire whatever God says in his word that we need. We are to desire that. We are to ask for that. We are to receive that. We are to embrace that. We are to thank the Lord and uh, that this is what he has for us and this is what we want. And so that even now my prayer is that you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I will say not even just with, you know, some of them received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with they said with the evidence. So they spoke in tongues that, that one time. And not to say that they didn't further, but that's the impression that the word gives you. But I'm praying that not only will you speak, and that's just the evidence or the witness or was a sign that they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not to say that they had not gone forth and continued to speak with other tongues as led of the Lord, but that that was a gift. We know that tongues is also a gift. But 
at that evidence that was the sign, that was the indicator, that was the way that they knew that some of them were able to know that they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And and we know that, um, as Jesus said, you know, that, that John the Baptist baptized them with water, but they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, again, if Jesus told, since Jesus told the disciples that they needed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, that they had been baptized with water, so now the Holy Spirit is coming to baptize them in the Holy Spirit, in the Spirit. So they needed that back then. Again, we need it now. Everything that they needed back then, we need it now. It was not an option back then. It's not an option now. And so we got to know that. We got to accept that. We got to receive that. And the more that we receive what God has purposed for us, the more we will see the power manifested in our churches, in our homes, in our workplaces, everywhere that we go, we'll see the manifestation of the power of the glory of God in our communities, in our neighborhoods, and and the world will be a better place. The world will be a better place because when we're saved and we have the Holy Spirit and God is love and God lives on the inside of us, so we're loving ourselves, we're, therefore we're loving one another, we're loving our neighbor. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself, but if you don't love yourself, then you cannot love your neighbor. So it all starts with us right here and now. So my prayer is that as you're listening to this and if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then pray and ask the Lord to to baptize you in his precious Holy Spirit. And I know that, you know, and if you're in a church that doesn't believe in that, then you still can ask the Lord to give that to you and then ask the Lord to direct you to a church where you will be able to receive all that God has purposed for you. If it's in this word and God says that we should have it, we're supposed to have it, that we need to have it, then we need to ask for it, then we need to believe for it and receive it by faith because God said it. And if you're in a place that doesn't believe in the full Bible, then you need to find another place where the full Bible is being taught, is being appreciated, is being reverenced, is being honored, and is being activated in people's lives, is being applied to your everyday life. Again, it is not an option. I cannot stress it enough. That's why the church is, church is so weak. That's why it's so much sin in the church. That's why it's so much mess in the church. It's because many are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Many are not allowing the Holy Spirit to be in control. Many are still trying to be on the throne instead of allowing God to be on the throne. So you, you, you need to just allow God to be on the throne and get off the throne or whoever else you may have placed more highly than you placed the Lord, then you need to get them off the throne and put God on the throne where he belongs. We need to be like Isaiah in chapter 6 where he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. 
and he said, woe am I. I'm, I'm an un, a man of unclean lips. Many of us are unclean lips. We have unclean lips. Therefore, we have a, we just, we have an unclean heart. And, and, and so when we allow ourselves to see God for who he is, but when he said when you come up hither, when you come up in order to walk in power, we have to draw closer to the Lord. We have to spend that quiet time in the word of God. We have to spend that quiet time just meditating on the word. Spend that quiet time just being quiet, not asking for nothing, not begging and pleading for nothing, but just allowing God to just come in and and talk to us and and and, and show us uh, uh, things. He said that we know not of things that that things that are to come, things that must happen in our lives, in the world. So, you know, with all of these catastrophes and different things going on, there are many of us that can know about these things ahead of time and ward some of that stuff off because we're praying, because we are seeking the Lord. And I know for myself I am guilty. I am guilty of my prayerlessness, of my not coming in and seeking the Lord more than I do, not being quiet uh, more than, than I am. Because, you know, when, the, when we get so busy, we're always we're doing this and we're doing that and we're doing the other instead of just taking that time and just sitting before the Lord and allowing him to speak to us, allowing him to say whatever it is he wants to say instead of us coming to him with our little grocery list. Uh, coming to him, you know, uh, petitioning him for something all the time instead of just coming, Lord, I just want to sit at your feet. Lord, I just want to bask in your glory. Lord, I just want to, I just want to be quiet and, and and just rest in you. Lord, I just want to uh, you to talk to me. Tell me what's on your heart. Lord, I just want you to you to tell me what what you love and what you hate and how you feel about this. How do you feel about that? Lord, I want to get to know you for myself. You know, with the, the the men want a wife, of course, and then the women want a husband, and you know, we all want somebody. But if we start with the Lord, if we start manifesting, uh, uh, gravitating towards the Lord, and and He says, "You draw nigh unto Me, then I will draw nigh unto you." But He's always waiting with open arms. He's not far from us because He said He would never leave us nor forsake us. But He's always near. He's always wanting to say something. He's always wanting to bless us. He's always wanting to speak sweet things in our ears because the word also says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. We can taste him and taste not physically like you, obviously like you're eating something, but he's just, you know, you just sit in his presence and just savor, you know, his presence because it's just so sweet and so peaceful. And you just feel like you could just float away because you're in that place with him. You're in that secret place. And when you get in that secret place, the devil can't bother you. Life uh, situations and all that's going on outside in the world doesn't affect you. You forget about all of that stuff, and you just rest in him. You just get quiet, and you just lay back and just let him talk to you and love on you, and you love on him, and you just give him praise. You just give him glory and honor, and, and all of that will cause you to be peaceful, will cause you to, to your mind to relax, and, and a lot of the ailments and stuff that we have, will just they just float away because we are resting. We're not stressed out and anxious and worried and frustrated and, and all of that other stuff because 
The word also says that when we uh, have allowed the cares of this world to 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 uh, be our focus, then when we do hear a word, when God is speaking to us, even though we may be home alone or whatever, God is speaking, but if we all focused on our circumstances and stuff, and we may hear the word, but it's not going to take root. Therefore, it's not going to bring any fruit. It's not going to manifest any fruit in our lives because we have not allowed it to take root in our in our heart. And, and, and it takes root by us thinking about it and mulling over it and chewing over it and, and speaking it out and speaking it back to the Lord and, and, and just keep speaking it and just and, and dissecting it and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal even more what he meant by what he said so that, that that word starts to take root. And then as the more we speak it, the more we meditate on it, the more we thank God for it, the more we praise God for it, then we start to see fruit. We start to see the manifestation of whatever it is God has spoken to us that it starts to show forth. If we, he spoke to us and said he's going to heal us, then if we are always speaking that, you know, Lord, you said this and speaking what his word says about healing and, and thinking about it and chewing on it and stuff, and every time we feel a pain or something, we speak that word and we thank God for our healing. And before you know, whatever was wrong with us is not wrong anymore. Whatever the sickness was is gone. Whatever uh, our negative thoughts are, uh, whatever our finances, the next thing you know, we got we have money because we're not focused on what we don't have, but we're just thanking God for what we do have. We're just thanking God because he's a gracious God. He's a merciful God, and we just thank him because he said he would not put any more on us than we can bear. He said we're the head and not the tail. We're the lender and not the bar. We're blessed going in and blessed going out, blessed in our basket and blessed in our meeting bowl. We are blessed to be a blessing. And then the next thing you know, and Lord, we thank you right now because my checking account is full to the overflow with finances. We thank you right now, Lord, that my wallet is full with finances. I thank you right now, Lord, that I have stocks and bonds and, and all this other stuff. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for favor, Lord God, for divine favor, because I have favor with you, then I have favor with man. So, Lord, I thank you that I have favor. So there is no lack in my life. There is no want in my life. I don't need anything. I have more than enough because you're the breasty one. You are the one that has everything and all things, Lord. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. The Lord owns everything. Everything belongs to you, Lord. And because I'm your child, I'm a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. Then all that you have, then I have. And therefore, there is no lack. I know it's looking like I got lack right now, but I really have no lack. I have more than enough. I have everything and all that I need. And then you're also the God who multiplies. I give you thanks for what I do have, just like Jesus gave you thanks, Lord God, for the fish and five loaves of bread. Just like Jesus gave you thanks for whatever and, and everything, Lord God. I give you thanks in everything, Lord God. Therefore, Lord, I thank you right now that you're multiplying the little that I have, Lord. I thank you that you're multiplying that is much, that is more than enough, that not only is it enough for me, but that it's enough for somebody else, Lord, that I'm able to be a blessing to all those that are around me, Lord. So, Lord, I thank you right now that I have more than enough in Jesus' mighty name. <coughs> Excuse me. So those are the things that we, we say to the Lord, and we speak back those things to the Lord, and then we start to see the manifestation 
of what God has promised, of what God has promised in his word. And so, again, the word of God, is, as he said, it's life. It's life. The word of God is life. And the word of God also washes us. It washes us. We're washed by the word. He told the disciples when he was washing their feet, he said, you've already, you're already partially clean, so all I need to do is wash your feet because you've been washed by the word. And he is the word. And, and also with the healer, he said he spoke the word and they were healed, they were delivered, they were set free. So we have the word of God. So as we speak the word, as I'm speaking this word tonight, as you're hearing this word, whenever you're hearing this word, then it's starting to wash away. Oh, hallelujah. It's starting to wash away the weightiness. It's starting to wash away the sickness. It's starting to wash away the lack. It's starting to wash away all the afflictions, all that the enemy is sending up against you as you're listening to this word, as you're meditating on this word. It's starting to wash it all away so that you are strengthened, so that you are encouraged, so that you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. No matter how your circumstances look, you have the peace of God because your circumstances don't determine your peace. Jesus said, my peace, I, peace I bequeath to you. I leave you my peace. I give you my peace. And so as we accept that peace, as we embrace that peace by faith, I have the peace of God. He said if we keep our minds stayed on him and trust in him, that he would keep us in perfect peace. So as I'm trusting in him, as I keep my mind stayed on him, as I keep my mind stayed on his word, that I am being, I am kept in perfect peace, that I'm no longer stretched out. And then the next thing I know, whatever I was concerned about is no longer concerned because God is already taking care of it because I'm giving him glory, because I'm giving him honor, because I'm giving him praise, because I'm lifting him up, because I'm thanking him, because I'm not concerned about what I don't have, but I'm thanking him for the little that I do have, and the little becomes a lot. The little becomes much, and God is able to do much with little. So I thank God for what I do have, that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think. So I tell you right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you are blessed and highly favored, that you are the head and not the tail, that you are the lender and not the bar, that you are blessed going in and blessed going out, that you are blessed and better than blessed, that you are blessed to be a blessing because that's what the word of God says and we embrace the word of God and therefore we're able to walk in the power of God because we're, we're depending on the word, we're speaking the word, we're believing the word, we have faith in the word of God and God and his word are one. He sent his word and it healed us. The word of God heals, it delivers, it sets free. All Jesus did was speak just like all God did was speak and when he spoke the word then things happened. Yeah, there were some people that he touched, but that was he didn't touch everybody. With most, with everybody, though, he did speak a word. He did say something, and when he spoke whatever he spoke, then their lives changed, then they got healed, then they got set free. Yes, they released their faith, and then there were some who didn't have faith to release. But Jesus spoke, and when he spoke, the, the authority, the power that he spoke with, that caused them to... Their, their situation to be changed. It caused the, the dead to rise up. It caused he called Lazarus forth. He didn't touch Lazarus. Lazarus was in the tomb with uh, all wrapped and tied up and blocked up in there. But they, he told them roll the stone away. And when they rolled the stone away, Lazarus came forth out of the tomb. And so, so he when we speak forth the word because. 
We are made in the image of God, and that's how God spoke the world into existence. And when he spoke, each day that he spoke something, whatever he spoke, it was manifested. And he said that we are made in his image. So if we are made in his image, then all we have to do is speak. But we speak by faith, not by what we see, not by how we feel, not by what somebody else said, but what thus saith the Lord. We speak the word of God by faith, and then we start to see the manifestation. And those, we may not see everything right when we speak it. Some things take a while. But as we continue to speak it, as we continue to speak it, then our health starts to manifest. Then the finances start to manifest. Then the deliverance starts to manifest. And whatever it is we're desiring, whatever it is we're needing, it starts to manifest as we continue to speak the word of God. By faith, we continue to speak what the word of God says. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. We continue to speak what the word of God says, and then we don't have to worry about anything because it's going to continue on. It's going to continue on as we continue to speak the word, then whatever we're believing for, then it's going to manifest in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So we also want to look at um, uh, Luke ten nineteen. Now, in, in this scripture, and again, Jesus is talking uh, to the disciples, and um, he's letting them know, you know, what he has done. And like he said, you know, don't, don't be excited about that, but I want to focus on that. And that's not what we're excited about. Yes, we are excited and stay excited and make sure that our name stays written in the book. Amen. He said, rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And so we're rejoicing right now that our names are written in heaven. But while we're here on this earth, we have a work to do. And if we didn't have a work to do, then Jesus would not have needed to give them power and authority, and he would not have needed to give us power and authority. And he said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And and I and I and I say we could take this literally and figuratively. Um, if need be, then yes, we step on the scorpion, and we we tread on them. We can step on them, and they won't hurt us. But we have to have the faith. If you don't have the faith, don't be stepping on nothing. If you don't have the faith, don't be doing nothing, and then don't be trying to go find snakes and scorpions just to see if the word of God is true. Now, if they come about. And you and and you need to step on them, then you step on them. But we have to have the faith to believe. Excuse me, that this is what the Lord is saying. Therefore, it is true in Jesus' name. Because you know, when you when you say things and God gives you a word, or somebody may give you a prophecy or whatever, or you may be prophesied about yourself. Know that the enemy is going to come up and try to stop you, and he's going to cause all kind of havoc to to come up to to cause you not to go forth in whatever it is you've spoken or try to make you a liar because his plan is to steal, kill, and to destroy. But but Jesus said he, excuse me, has given us power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt us. 
And so, you know, that that's that's something and, and, and I'm just thinking myself that we all need to just meditate on and again, meditate on it and chew on that thing until we just have it down in us. So no matter what happens, what no matter what we come up against, it cannot hurt us. But we know many of the scriptures and I again I'm guilty. I'm just as guilty as the next person where I need to and we all need to take God's word for what it is, his word, his truth, and and take it to heart and meditate on it, chew on it, and get it down in our hearts and walk in, again, walking in power. That's how we walk in power. We embrace this word. We receive this word and, and know that this word is not just for them back then, but it's for us right now, that no matter what comes up against me, if I'm believing and I have faith in this word, that no matter what the enemy sends my way, no matter who he uses in my life to try to stop and block me, they won't be able to hurt me. They won't be able to stop me because I've already settled it in my heart by faith that nothing the enemy sends up against me, it can hurt me or stop me. And therefore, whatever he sends is not going to affect me. It's just going to bounce off of me. It's going to be just like water that's rolling off of all the ducks back. It won't be able to stick and stay. When the fiery darts come and all the negative thoughts come, it won't make a difference because I've already embraced this in my heart and know by faith that nothing that the enemy is saying, if it's something negative, I reject it automatically I reject it in Jesus' name. And therefore, the enemy cannot do anything against me and stop me from doing anything that God has purposed for me to do. So um, we also want to, um, like I said, just just think about it and meditate on it and, and realize what God is really saying. You know, there are many scriptures where we just need to just meditate on them and think about them and chew on them and, and speak them out and think about what is what God is saying and take it sometimes some of them are so that this is just so powerful and it covers so much it's you know, it it embraces and covers so much so we can really take this word for word and just think about every word of the scripture and think about what it is saying. Um and he said that I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, over all the power of the enemy, I've given you authority, and you can walk on snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. And so we, again, we take that to heart that, you you know, if, if it happens for real, then if it happens for real, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scared because Jesus has already told us, I see that snake right there. I don't have to be afraid of that snake. So I can step on that snake or I can step on that scorpion. It can't hurt me. Um, there's uh, in the uh, book of Acts, um, it's in the 26th chapter, 20, 26, 28, somewhere in there where um, Paul uh, was bit uh, by a snake and they just knew he was going to die. Um, and he just shook it off and kept on doing what he was doing because he obviously knew what God said. Not, I'm not going to say he read the scripture because it, uh, I don't believe it was written at that point um, for him to be able to read it, but he already knew that that was his, his one of his promises. 
God had already revealed that. The Holy Spirit had already revealed that to him. He had already received that and accepted that. So when the snake bite came, it didn't hurt him, not because he was invincible, not because he was he was God himself, but it was because of the word that the Lord had given the disciples. And he had obviously received that revelation from the Holy Spirit because he obviously, you know, was not with the disciples. The first uh, other disciples, um, when this word was given, but he, the Holy Spirit, had revealed to him, and so he knew. I don't have to worry about the snake bite. He didn't even think twice about it. He just shook it off and kept going. And so, when we know what the Word of God says, and stuff come up against us, we'll be able to do the same thing and just shake it off and keep on moving. No matter all these different diseases and different things that's going on in the world now. We can just shake them off. They can't affect us because we've already embraced and accepted by faith what the word of God says. So when these things come up, we don't have to be fearful like the world. We can walk in the peace of the Lord and move on and do whatever it is we need to do without being fearful about all of this other stuff because we know we already covered. We know we're already protected because of the revelation of the truth that God has given to us. Amen. And, um, I want to look back at um, Acts 10, uh, 1038. Uh, let's see. Hallelujah. We just serve an awesome God. I just thank the Lord. I thank him. I thank him. I thank him. And I pray that you are being blessed by this teaching because I am truly being blessed. I truly, truly am Hallelujah. Uh, It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And let's see in the new again in the New Living Translation, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And so again, if Jesus needed to be um, anointed um, with the Holy Spirit and with power, then so do we. And that is what enabled him to do the works that he did. He didn't do them in and of himself because he was God the Father but because he was Jesus walking the earth as a regular human being, and he was able to because of the Holy Spirit. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And this statement is for us the same as we are anointed by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, then we too can walk around, go around doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil because God is with us. Again, the word says if God before us, who who could be against us? So we know that God is with us. We know that that is God's purpose. We know that that is God's plan. We know that this is what God wants us to do. We are to continue the work that Jesus started. And the reason that we have the Holy Spirit is so that he could be in each and every one of us. And that's a miracle in and of itself, how we all are empowered with the same spirit. Therefore, we all have the same Holy Ghost, the same anointing 
our our um, missions may be a little different. God may use us to do the same things in different ways because we all are unique uh, in our personalities and what have you. But there is only one Holy Ghost. There is only one Holy Ghost power, and he lives on the inside of us, and he is the one who does the directing and the orchestrating, and he is the one who enables us to do whatever it is we do. So as we speak by faith, and he's able to do the works that he has purposed for us. So again, I just, I just, I just thank the Lord. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Again, walking in power, walking in power, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who enables us. <coughs> Excuse me. He's given us the grace, the enabling power to do the works that He's called us to do, to be the witnesses, just to be able to live life every day in a way that's pleasing unto God, we need the Holy Ghost. That's first and foremost. And then uh, in uh, Romans 12, this is a scripture that um, our um, main ministry is based on, and that is on um, Romans 12, too. But the first uh, verse, verse 1 says that, we are to give our bodies to God because because of all that he's done for us and let us be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And in order for us to do that, to be that, we decide to do that, and then the Holy Spirit enables us to live up to that and what God expects for us because in and of ourselves, no, we cannot do it because before we were saved, we were fallen people, we have the sin nature, and there's only the Holy Spirit. That's why we get saved, so we're regenerated, we get a new spirit, and then after we get a new spirit, then we allow our new spirit to, uh, we have a spiritual mind, and we allow that spiritual mind to govern our natural mind. When we first start out, then, of course, we're carnal. When I first really got saved, really knew what it meant to be saved, and I said, you know, Lord, now that I'm saved, now what? And that's when the Lord spoke to me and said, my mind had to be renewed. And many of us, again, are not allowing our minds to be renewed. There are a lot of people who are in the church uh, who are saved, but they're carnal-minded. In other words, they're still thinking like they were thinking before they got saved, even though they may have been saved for 10, 20, 40, 50 years. But if your mind never gets renewed, if you never align your thinking up with the word of God, with the principles, with the precepts and the patterns of God, then you continue to do the same things and you continue to think the same way, therefore you continue to do the same thing, and then your life never changes because your thinking never changes. But that's a conscious decision that we have to make. He said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your mind has to be renewed before you can be transformed, be ye transformed. As you are, your mind is being renewed, then you are being transformed. You're changing. You know, sometimes uh, some of us, you know, we, we, we're so on the wrong side of, of God and how God does things. Then when God starts to deal with us and we start to learn the ways of God and we start 
thinking according to the word, and then people start to notice that we don't do the same things anymore. And I don't mean just stop clubbing and this thing. I mean being nice to people, giving, you know, being generous to people, complimenting people, um, going out of your way for people, and you've not been that type of person before. Then people will start to notice that. You know, well, you know, I never knew that she was, um, you see what she did? That was so nice of her. Once upon a time, she would never have done that. And people start to see you, you know, exhibiting the character of Christ, the Holy Spirit. And then they start to look at you and see, well, there must be something to this. And they know, then they start to know that it's it's real, that it works, that, that you can change, that you don't have to stay the same. It's really up to us whether or not we stay the same because, again, the, the Lord has sent us his precious Holy Spirit so we can allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in us or we can fight the Holy Spirit and still live that defeated life, live like a spiritual pauper. You know, a lot of times people think because they have a, a, a nice position and they have money and they have a house and they have all the material things, they think that that's you know, what is that determines their whether or not they're blessed or not. That doesn't determine whether you're blessed or not. You know, there's some evil, nasty, horrible people that's got a whole lot of stuff that most of us that are saved don't even have. But that doesn't mean that they're blessed and I'm not blessed. I'm blessed because I belong to the Lord. You know, so no matter what I have or what I don't have, I'm still blessed. I'm still blessed and highly favored. You know, if he gives me a whole lot of material stuff, fine. But if he doesn't, that's fine, too. But I'm holding on to the promises of God. I'm holding on to whatever it is he has promised me. And so for some of us, we don't want all of that stuff and things because they can be a hindrance. You know, and God said he will bless you and add no sorrow to it. So I want what God wants for me to have. Therefore, I don't have to worry about having any sorrow. I don't have to worry about having something that I don't want to uh, take care of or, or that's becoming a burden and a curse rather than being a blessing to me because I want what God has for me. And I pray that we all want what God has for us rather than wanting something that somebody else has or wanting something just because somebody else has it, but you want it because God has purpose for it, and and that's something that you truly desire, and therefore you will appreciate it. But again, they said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And I have a little motto that I put on the end of my email at work, and it says, a changed mind, a changed life. So if you change your mind, and I mean a positive change, then you'll have a positive changed life. But if you keep thinking the same way, your life is going to stay the same. You're going to keep doing the same thing. You're going to keep making the same mistakes because your thinking has not changed. And it's a and, and 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 it's a process. It's a process. 
It's something that we have to determine to do. It's something that we have that we have to be consistent with. And 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 it's something that first and foremost you make up your mind that this is what you want, and then you have to continue to do it. It's a lifetime thing. Is you know being transformed, being renewed, having a renewed mind because we're we're living in a world we're always hearing stuff that uh and around people and things that when we pick up certain things um uh when we're around certain people and all and and, and unless you living in a bubble you're going to be affected by the negative things in this world so you have to constantly have your mind renewed so it's you know it's 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 uh it's, it's something that takes discipline but it's something that is so necessary so if there's a particular area of your life that you're not pleased with, then you need to find the scripture and what it says about that situation and meditate on that scripture and start thinking about what that scripture said. And, said we're, and not just think about it, but do what it says. So if there's instruction in that scripture, and it said we are to not just be hearers of the word, but we are to be doers of the word. In other words, you apply that word to your life. And so that's that's something that we constantly have to do is apply the word of God to our everyday lives. And, and then we'll start, like I was saying earlier, you'll start to see things change. You'll start to notice things change. You know you'll start to feel better, you know, because when you're thinking positive and you're saying positive things, then you become strengthened. And whereas you may have been tired, you're not tired anymore. Whereas you may have been listless and not feeling like doing anything, all of a sudden you've got a lot of energy, you know, because you're starting to feel hopeful. You're starting to feel like, oh, I can do some things. I can do this because then you start to see the forest from the trees, you know. Then, you know, there's nothing blocking your view because now you can see where you're going and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, when you're going someplace and you can't really see, you kind of slow up or whatever and you want to stop, but when you start to see that little flicker of light, then you keep moving because you know that the closer you get, the more light you're going to see and you're going to be reaching your destination. So that's the same thing with, with, with our walk and our journey in the Lord. You know, there's along the way it gets dark, it gets cloudy, and we get discouraged and frustrated and downtrodden and want to give up and give in. But the word of the Lord says that we are don't be discouraged. He said be encouraged. He said don't give up. If you persevere, if you hold on, you shall reap in due season. So just keep on pressing in. Don't give up. Don't give out. And that's times when we feel discouraged and downtrodden that we want to call on the Holy Spirit and, 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 and ask the Lord, you know, Lord, just strengthen me so I can keep going. Lord, just help me to see a little more, Lord. Help me to stay focused on where I'm going and not looking to the left nor to the right, but that I'm staying focused and, and therefore I'm able to see uh, and, and that which you have purposed for me. I'm keeping it before me. And that's why Jesus was able to go to the cross, the word of God said, because he kept the glory before him. He kept, you know, the promise of God, and he knew and remembered and kept it before him what the purpose was for his suffering, and therefore he was able to endure the suffering, you know. And so it's the same thing with us when we're suffering and we're going through things and we're being persecuted for no particular reason and people coming up against us and stuff, that we hold tight to the promises of God. We hold tight to where we're going and what God has purposed for us. 
so that no matter what we're going through, we don't give up and we don't give out, but we just keep on moving. We keep on doing what we're doing. You know, this has been, you know, very challenging week for me in the spirit, you know, and and, uh, and my body and, and my finances and everything. But I said, Lord, you know, I'm just going to keep looking up to you. I'm going to do like Jehoshaphat. He said, Lord, when the enemies were coming up against him, and that's uh, in, uh, I think it's Second Chronicles 20, um, where he, the um, enemies were coming up against um, Jehoshaphat and his um, uh, uh, his little kingdom, and he knew that, and his little army, and he knew that they couldn't, it wasn't enough of them to fight because they, I think it was like three to five different armies coming up against them, and they said it was so many, it was like the sea of the sand, and, and so much, you know, they, they couldn't even count. It was so many coming up against them, and they knew that they didn't even stand a chance. And so he just looked up to heaven, and he said, Lord, I, you got to help me. My help comes from you. I'm looking up to you because we can't do anything with them. We can't. We don't even stand a chance, Lord, so we're looking up to you. For you are our help, Lord. And the Lord told them what to do, which was to praise and to worship him. And that's what they did. They praised him and they worshiped him. And and, and God confounded their enemies and and had and they supernaturally they heard the the army of the Lord coming and 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 they fled and left everything. And they left, you know, all that they had stolen from other people, all the booty, the bounty and all of that. And when they left and and ran away and left everything, and then Jehoshaphat uh, and his his people went to the camp and they saw where they had left everything. It was so much stuff. I think it said it took them like three days to go and gather all of that. So again, you know, the the wealth of the wicked being laid up for the just, but don't don't give up, don't give in, continue to hold on, continue to persevere because the Lord is going to come. He's confounding your enemies. He's confounding his enemies because they're trying to stop what God has purposed for his people. And so when we continue to praise and worship God, and that's all they did, they went out singing and, and, and praising God, and God confounded their enemies and they went into the camp and they were able to take all of that stuff that, the enemy, and, and not only did he scatter them, but he killed them all. He confounded them so much till they killed each other. So he will kill off your enemies, confound them, and they kill each other off because they're so evil and they're so stupid. And then they were able to go in and get all of that stuff. And like I said, it was more than enough, three days of stuff. That And so you know with massive stuff, because we're not talking about even for Jehoshaphat, it wasn't just one or two little people. It was a, a, a whole army, and they took them three days to get all of that stuff. So God has so much for us if we just continue to praise him, if we just continue to worship him, if we just continue to to walk in the spirit and walk by power, and that's how we walk by power, by walking in the spirit. And we walk in the spirit by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And then when we get quiet and we ask Holy Spirit, what should I do? Which way should I go? What should I say? Holy Spirit, show me this. Holy Spirit, show me that. When we seek out the Holy Spirit and be quiet and allow him to speak to us, that he'll give us direction. He'll tell us what to do. He'll lead us. And it may be an audible voice and it may not be an audible voice. He may use somebody else to give, but you will know that the Holy Spirit is speaking. However he sends whatever word you're listening for, 
it, whatever it is, you'll know that it's the Lord because when it, when he says it and when he does it, it'll be said and done in such a way that you will know within your spirit and in your heart that he has answered you. But, but again, and, it's, and then that's when we're talking about walking in the spirit, we'll be able to walk by power or walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we have to walk in the spirit. We have to allow our spirit man, our spirit man, because we are spirit first. And we allow our spirit to be led by the Holy Spirit, then we can't go wrong. Then we're gonna want, we're gonna start to see the manifestation of the glory of the Lord. We're gonna start to see the power of the Lord manifested in our lives because we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth and to that which God has purposed and ordained for us. And I don't know, I pray that you have enjoyed this teaching. I have truly enjoyed this teaching. Um, I am I'm just encouraged. I'm just strengthened. Um, you know, I have a lot going on being in school and and, and uh, trying to, you know, do some other things. And like I said, you know, some other things that the enemy has sent my way. But, you know, you just have to keep on doing whatever God has purposed for you to do. Don't stop doing it. Um, I've got something normally I have um, uh, our show is on uh, Saturday mornings at 10.30 a.m. every Saturday. But because I have another commitment tomorrow, I said I'm I'm not going to stop doing what God has purposed for me to do. I may have to change up the schedule a little bit to accommodate, but I know God has, has ordained this ministry. He's ordered my steps. He's purposed for me to do this. So whoever he wants to hear it, they're going to hear it when God purposed for them to hear it. And because I am blessed and I know the Holy Spirit is speaking, I know that whoever hears it is going to be blessed. They're going to be strengthened. They're going to be encouraged. They're going to be fortified. They're going to be healed. They're going to get saved. They're going to be set free. They're going to get a word that they can speak to somebody else because of something that the Holy Spirit has spoken through me. Somebody else is going to, you know, you're going to hear something that somebody else needs to hear. And, again, I just thank the Lord for allowing me to be one of his voices crying in the wilderness to come up higher in him because it's, it's only through him that we're able to do anything. It's only through him that anything makes a difference, and it's only what we do for Christ that will last. We can do some things, and it may last for a minute, and people may remember for a moment, but when we do things for Christ, they last for eternity, and God is writing it all down. He's taking notes on all of it. And so, again, you know, even with this broadcast, I just, I just thank the Lord and, and and those that are listening that are not saved, my prayers that you will accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in uh Romans uh in the book of Romans ten, nine, ten. I'm sorry. Um uh you want to uh accept the Lord Jesus Christ because I tell you and it's all the more today um there is there is so much there is so much that is going on even today that if we do not have the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, I don't know what people are doing without him. I know I can't do anything without him. I know that I need him. 
and except for him, I'm not able to. There is no hope. There is no hope without the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no hope, and that's why many people kill themselves and there's such a high suicide rate because people don't feel like there is any hope. But there is hope through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is hope of eternal life, peace here on earth, fullness right here on earth. Even in the midst of the turmoil that's going on, we can have peace in the midst of the storm. No matter what we're going through, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through our relationship, because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are able to have peace no matter what's going on. And no matter what's going on, through the the abundance and through the lack, we're able to have peace. And so in um, uh, Romans uh, chapter 10, and starting with verse 9, it reads, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all who call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So my prayer right now is that you will call upon the name of the Lord that you may be saved. And that's all you have to do. He said, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth, say it out of your mouth that Jesus is Lord, as you say it and you truly believe it in your heart, you're really not just saying it as words, but you truly believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all it takes. That's all it takes is believing it, saying it, and believing it. Saying it and believing it. Believing it and saying it. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. So you've got to open your mouth. You may believe it, but you've got to open your mouth and say it. And it says, as the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. No matter, <clears throat> excuse me, who you are, what your denomination and all of that other stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, he said, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So that's all it takes, believing and confessing that you believe it. And you shall be saved. So my prayer is that you will read the scripture, that you will say what you just heard me say if you don't have a Bible, and that I pray that as you say this, that the Holy Spirit will baptize you, that he will baptize you in Jesus' name with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and I pray that he will also give you the gift of tongues because there's power even in the gifts of tongues. <coughs> Excuse me. As we speak, 
as we speak the word of God, as we pray, and we declare the works of the Lord. But my prayer is that you will be baptized as you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, as your Savior and as your Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that as they repeat and say that their confession, that you will baptize them and that you will give them the gift of tongues, that they are empowered even the more with every spiritual gift that they may be the witnesses that you've called them to be. I thank you for this teaching. I thank you for this word. And I thank you, Lord, that somebody who is not saved will hear this message and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you right now for all, Lord, who are receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and as Savior. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are baptizing them just as you did in the book of Acts. You are baptizing them in your holy power, that they are empowered to be the witnesses that you've called them to be. Set them ablaze in Jesus' name, that they too will go forth and declare the works of the Lord, declare the word of the Lord, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, that someone else will get saved. And just as what you said with Peter, that as he is after he is converted, that he will go back and get his brethren. So I pray, Lord, that as those that are listening that are not saved, as they are converted, that they too will go back and get their brethren. And even those that are converted, those that are already saved, that are listening to this message, I pray, Lord, that you will set them ablaze with the power of your Holy Spirit, that they too will go forth and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and compel men and women to come to Christ for your kingdom, for your glory, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus So, Lord, I thank you. I give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor, and I pray that you will feel this teaching upon my heart and the heart of those that are listening in Jesus' mighty name. And, Lord, I give you glory, honor, and praise that you will give us even more revelation, give us more understanding. May your power continue to strengthen us and go deep, deeper and deeper in our hearts that we may come up higher and higher in you as we come up higher to a higher design for living, Lord. I thank you because you have a higher design. You have a higher purpose for all that you have purposed in our lives, Lord God, all that you have planned for us, your people, Lord. And I thank you for it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I give you glory, I give you honor, and I give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Again, this is Elder Gloria Holloway with the Higher Design for Living radio broadcast. I pray that you will join us again on next week. Um, we, I plan to have another a couple of guests on this coming Tuesday. They want to share something with the body of Christ, and I know it's going to be just awesome. So it will be on uh, Tuesday night, but look on the site and because uh, it may be to Monday and maybe Tuesday. I'm not sure, but if you will just um, go to uh, the show page, and you will see the listing for the next show, like I said, which will be Monday or Tuesday, and definitely on next Saturday at 10.30 a.m., and we plan to have guests at that time also. So on Monday or Tuesday night, we'll have two special guests, uh, uh, Prophetess Angela Thomas and Pastor, and I should say Bishop-elect, 
uh, Fabian Tucker uh, will be my guest on this Monday or Tuesday. And so if you will join us, and again on next Saturday, uh, we will have another guest, and just again, if you'll just go on the page and you will see who the guests are and what the topics will be. So, again, I thank you for joining us. God bless you. Have a smile upon you and walk in power, the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, that you may show forth the glory of the Lord in your life in the life of others, in the earth, that the glory of the Lord may cover the earth just as the water covers the sea. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Higher Design for Living Radio Broadcast, and we thank you. This is Elder Gloria Holloway, and thank you for joining us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This I looked, and behold, the door was open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet, the trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up higher, come up higher, come up higher, come up higher, and I will show you things which must be. Show thee great and mighty things which you do not know. Come up higher to a higher design for 